All right. You know what it is? You know who it is? Today we got another episode of the Skinny Boy Says podcast. Today I got my business coach, my personal business coach, and a good friend, Reese Livingstone. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a great dude. Uh, he, I met Reese from joining in on the Elite Vitality business uh, um, program. And he, we got teamed up with the group of eight people that I was involved with. And uh, he's been kind of guiding us for the last, what, like three months now, I think it is? Yeah, thereabouts, man. Yeah. Three, four um, months. So it's been, it's been really cool to learn from him. Uh, Reese lives in Australia, so the time difference is a little bit here. It's 7 p.m. here. It's 9 a.m. there. But uh, Reese, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself and just kind of tell all my listeners about yourself. Uh, so uh, as Brendan said, I'm the business mastery coach uh, through Elite Vitality. Um, I also run my own online personal training business. Uh, Lionstone Physique Coaching, and I also have an apparel business on the side as well. So I have a few businesses that I kind of tip my toe in, um, but the biggest thing that I do is uh, the business mastery and the, you know, coaching other businesses to scale their top line, uh, as well as, you know, reduce their time committed into their business so they can actually work on it. Um, I've been in the industry and fitness for eight years now, and I uh, have now coached over 300 clients personally and the business itself has uh you know we've got three coaches that work with us and we've uh we've hopefully we're looking at like roughly a thousand people that we've coached and we've worked with as far as the, on, the online personal training business mm-hmm. um and then yeah the business mastery i've been doing mentoring for on and off maybe four years now and uh myself and kyle teamed up who is uh the other business owner of business elite vitality um, we teamed up a few years ago and, uh, we haven't really looked back since. So we've got a really big vision. We've got an ability to help a lot of people in their business. And we really kind of focus on just leverage, trying to improve people's leverage in business and help them understand their bottom line. So that means understanding everything from like cash flow, looking at metrics. And I'm sure you've uh, heard me say this a lot, but you know, <laughs> what's measured is managed. So yeah. we get our clients tracking a lot of stuff and we then look at some strategies that can actually apply to their business and, and allow them to grow. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what you guys have going is a really good thing. And, uh, my personal experience with that has been awesome. And like, you know, I look forward to our calls every week. I sit down with Reese once a week and we go over kind of the software that we use and we go over just ideas and things for the upcoming weeks that we want to work on and just some upcoming business stuff and just kind of moving forward and just trying to increase, you know, like he's talking about all, all these metrics and taking care of stuff and looking at numbers in a way that I never looked at them. Um, just because, you know, I've only been in this for about three years. So like learning as I go has been a huge thing, but also understanding that like there is a deeper level that I need to pay attention to. Um, so, you know, working with you guys has been awesome. Um, so you've been in this for eight years, um, over 300 clients, personal training wise, and then however many clients you've worked with business wise, um, how did you kind of start and like, when did you know you were going to, you know, this was going to kind of be the path you go and take us from like the beginning to kind of present. So from, for me, I, uh, I actually fell into personal training by accident. So I didn't really, uh, I came into this industry a little bit blind, a little bit dumb as like most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't really kind of assume it can be a long-term career path. And I just thought it would be, you know, something fun on the side. Um, and I think it's how a lot of people I, are though. I think a lot of yeah, people, and I, I find like the biggest stories are the people who they, they don't, cause I think, I think only now this stuff is coming out to be a career, you know, 
Like it was like a one stop shop before I was like, you kind of make some money and then you go. Um, but I think like people like you and then others in the industry are starting to look at it a little bit differently and make it a career, but not to cut you off, but yeah, keep going. That's well, that's really why we, we do what we do in the mastery, right? We try to make sure that I think there's a big stigma to personal training when, you know, if you go to a a party, if you go to a gathering with people from uh, like your school days or anything like that, it's always like the question of like, Oh, what do you do now? And it's like, the answer is always, I'm just a PT. Yeah. And that, that word just, it really annoys me quite a lot. Like, you know, if you can be a, a personal trainer, you can be a business owner, you can have a career and it sh- there's no reason that it should be just, I'm just a PT. It's like, I own a business mm-hmm. and I rock this shit. Like I'm, I'm good at what I do, yeah. but rolling back, it's like, I, I was in that boat. I, I never thought I would be in a career. I never thought that it would be something long lasting. Um, I kind of went into a gym with, you know, I, I started being actually coaching people when I was probably 17. So quite young, quite naive and just thought it was going to be one of those things that I did. I enjoyed training and it was just like, cool. Let's see where this goes. And it was very early on, probably I'd say within four months of being in a gym, I uh, started to realize that I had a big passion to actually educate myself in this area of stuff. I wasn't really interested in um, study when I was in school. However, when I got into the work, uh, when I got into running a business, I thought I very quickly found a passion to actually learn some stuff and, you know, get involved in this industry. Mm -hmm. Fast forward another six months, I'd taken on my first mentoring client. Uh, So within my first year of being a personal trainer, I was already mentoring someone and that was actually Kyle. Um, in so terms of personal I, training or business? In business. Okay. So if we look at that first year of my personal training career, I went from obviously zero sessions up to 70 sessions in a week. Wow. Um, and, you know, then working with, I had at the time I was working with another business as far as like we were coaching other trainers at that time, okay. uh, a different mentoring business. Um, took Kyle on a little bit as like a, he was under my wing of just like learning education on how to apply some of the more like in the trenches knowledge stuff to personal training, but then like how to create that as a business, like uh, leverage point. Um, that was very brief. We, it was very informal. We would just kind of sit down and look at a book and we just talk some stuff out. And that's kind of, that grew my passion into growing uh, other personal training businesses. Uh, as I said, was working with another business at the time and we started taking on under, other trainers underneath our brand. Um, fast forward, we did that for maybe two years, um, all whilst I was running my own business and, you know, maintaining around 70 sessions a week, uh, for too long. Um, and I got to a point where it like two things happened. One, I started to have a really bad attachment to money. Mm -hmm. I thought that more sessions meant more money, which, which would mean more happiness. And it didn't, um, as you know, I'm glad I learned that lesson as a, you know, 19, 20 year old, um, learning how to manage money and learning how not to manage money more. So as a 19 year old, uh, taught me a lot of things. Um, but I went from being extremely, extremely busy, um, no work life balance to going the complete other way. When I realized that, well, money wasn't the answer to my happiness. I went the other way and I really took the foot off the pedal. Um, and my business went down to probably maybe 15 sessions a week. Right. Because I just, did not have the the care factor as what I did. I thought I went, I went too far the other way. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it was in that kind of process, that transition, I started to realize that look, making money is great. It does allow me to do a lot of cool things for the people I love. It does allow me to do a lot of cool things for my life, but I don't want to be a slave to my work to earn that money. Yeah. So 
that's where I started an online business. Um, that's where I started transitioning my clientele into online. And, you know, we're talking back in 20 or well, probably 2016, maybe, mm-hmm. um, when I transitioned to online. Um, did you find that, that transition ex- tough for your clients or like, did your cl- clients find that tough? Yeah, massively. Cause back then there wasn't online coaching wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like it was like, it was just kind of breaking out into the industry. It was like, you know, a few people did it. No one did it to the standard they do it today. Yeah. Um, so it was very foreign field and that transition process was just, uh, I, I pretty much set it up that I, I had all those 70 sessions that I was doing that I let drop. I recontacted them and um, got them back on the books, but just on a really, really low barrier yeah. uh, charge per week. So I could just give them programming and some nutritional advice. Um, and then man, the market itself dictated the, the rest of the, the path. It was, there's a big, there's a big market for it. The supply and demand was there. Um, and I was good at what I did. So allowed me to, you know, continuously bring on more clients, hire new coaches and um, grow a really reputable brand, not just like a reputable service, but Lionstone itself, we have a good brand. We, you know, we know what we stand for and we really push that hard. Um, and then that's allowed me to, you know, take a step back because now I have coaches that work for me. Um, that has allowed me to step back from working directly one-on-one with clients as much as I normally would and focus more on growing other businesses and, you know, doing mentoring. Yeah. Um, you know, over those eight years, it's mentoring, as I said, has been an on and off thing. Um, and it wasn't until probably I'd say now two years ago when Kyle and I reconnected on a business front, we've always been quite close personally. Um, and an opportunity presented itself within elite vitality and Kyle thought I would be the man to fill the job. And, uh, we haven't really looked back since. Yeah, that's awesome. And like I said, I, I've heard about, so I heard about Kyle a while ago. Um, cause I'm, he's been associated with like prescript and all that. And I've been following Jordan for a while. So I heard of Kyle's name, but I never actually like looked into anything. And then like a couple, like a year and a half ago, I actually looked into it. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't mentally in the spot to do it. And like, I was just, I was at the gym. So like, I was just kind of, you know, doing what I had to do. Um, and then this past year or this past May was when I kind of made that decision. That's when I started with you guys. But that's when I made the decision to kind of, I wanted to take my business to the next level. And like, you know, for me, I, having the gym and then we've talked about this a lot of times, but like making that transition from being in gym to online um, has been cool, but it's tough, you know, cause you're, you have to be a certain type of coach and you have to be a certain type of person to deal with the online clients. So like, you know, learning from you guys who have that experience has been probably the best thing. Um, and that's been, you know, like my biggest thing when, when I learn from somebody or I want to learn from somebody is I want to make sure that they have the experience because to me, you know, a book can tell you anything you want, but like, if you're not going through it yourself, you're never going to actually, you know, know for, for sure what's going to happen. Cause you have given, you know, knowledge that probably people wouldn't have in the online space cause they've never done it. And you know, and that's, and that's the thing, man. Like I feel like, a lot of people, you know, in, in today's day and age, they, people are very quickly to kind of, if we, if we use training as the example, right. Mm-hmm. There's so much scientific knowledge out there. There's so much stuff yeah. that can be applied to your coaching. But if you don't understand business on the back end, you're never going to be a good coach. Right. Yeah. And like the metrics you guys give us and like the, and just speaking specifically, I remember one of the first few weeks I think of working together in the groups, you know, you were talking to us about, um, and, and, you know, this has always been in the back of my mind, but like kind of hearing it from you guys, it made more sense was like facts, t- 
tell and then the stories sell. So like that whole thing about like everyone has facts and everyone is putting out facts. And if you go down Instagram and you follow enough fitness people, like you'll see the same movement six times with six different explanations and like why they're all beneficial. But like the person who's able to kind of tell the story and understand that, like drive emotion and drive kind of like this passion and show that you care and like show it through a certain way uh, is the difference maker. And ever since, you know, for me, I've been, I've always had trouble in the last few years getting clients because I think I was very fact heavy and I was very like, Oh, like this is what I learned. This is what I know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I started working with you and like this other girl that I work with Christina for social media. And like both of you guys were talking about story. And as soon as I started sharing my story and being a little bit more vulnerable and like going for that emotional end of it, it changed. And like I grew and like I've grown to now almost, you know, 20 total clients, which is crazy. And like when I first started working with you guys, it was, I think I had like three and like, yeah, that's so it's like 10 X to business. Yeah. Also. So like, yeah. And like in terms of that, it's like, it's something simple as that, like just sharing information about myself, which I never wanted to do because I was, you know, I wouldn't say afraid. It was just like, I had things in my past from fitness that losing weight that I didn't necessarily want to talk about because I wasn't proud about it. But like mm -hmm. hearing it from you guys and seeing the importance is like, it means that much. And then like seeing it live and just seeing it change and seeing like the actual results come in is like, okay, like, yeah, that, I should have been doing this, you know? And that's where, look, if we come back to like the, the in the trenches experience stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like the books can tell you heaps, but like it comes down to experience. And now this is the thing, right? There's not just one way fits all. There's not a one way method that fits every business, right? Yeah. Being vulnerable and showing, you know, exposure through your social media might work for one business, but it might be actually, de actually detrimental for another, right? Yeah. So having context and having the ability to actually pivot um, is a really big thing. And that's where in business, and we say this all the time, like poor decisions cost you time and money, good money, good decisions make you time and money. Yeah. Right. So if you can put yourself in a position where you can make continuously better decisions, you, you're always going to be able to pivot in the direction that best uh, benefits your business. Yeah. And I think in terms of like training and business, I think that, um, you know, principles, there's principles to everything and there's like pillars to each. And then like you use those pillars, but then you adjust as you go and not everything's going to be within yeah, that. It's a different method. You know, it's a yeah. different method. Yeah. It's just like understanding it. the pillars of the foundation of what it is that you're doing and then being able, like you just said to when you need to adjust and change, adjust and change. Yeah. And look, I'll, I'll hit you with a quote. It's to methods. There are many to principles, to principles. There are few, mm -hmm. the man that can understand the principle can create his own method. Yeah. So, yeah provided you can understand the core principles of, of business, you can pivot and you can change whenever you need to. And this is the thing you need to have the data there to pivot on though. So if you're not tracking, you know, anything, right. A lot of business owners, especially in fitness, they kind of just, they train their clients, they talk to their clients, they focus on getting their clients a result, but they don't know what's actually one working or two not working yeah. or, you know, and that, that can be on a, on a business front and on a actual like coaching front as well. Like you get a result great. Cool. Why did you get the result? Tell me. Yeah. A lot of people nowadays, at least in online coaching, they track stuff. They'll, they'll track steps, they'll track weight calories and so on. Right. But they don't self audit and actually track their business and go, well, how many contacts am I making? What's my reach on social media? How much X, Y, and Z there are, you can make up any metric and you can track it. Right. Yeah. The metric itself doesn't matter as long as you're tracking numbers that give you data and it's the interpretation of that data that allows you to progress because 
when I talk about pivoting and making you know, more intelligent decisions, it's not just about looking at your, your top line revenue, right? Your top line revenue could be improving, but if you're spending, you know, 50% more on like ad spend, for example, or if you're spending 50% more time to get that top line revenue, your yeah. business actually hasn't scaled, yeah. right? Top line has scaled, but your growth actually hasn't. Like if you're, look, if you're having to invest 100% more time to get 20% more revenue, we need to yeah. look at something. Yeah. One of those, and, something's not working, you need to find out what. Yeah, and I think it's, it's very, like you were just saying, and kind of like, you know, it's very easy in a business, especially something like personal training, to like just equal more money equals more success, you know? And like you said, yeah. you were there and like you were having 70 sessions a week and probably making, you know, a good chunk of change. And at the same yeah. time, you're like, this isn't like, you're probably getting burned out. You're probably exhausted. You're probably, you know, reaching the, and I know you told us about that whole story and like, you know, you were, you were able to, you know, financially put yourself in a position, but then like physically and mentally it's just exhausting. And like, that's not good for your business. So like no. maybe, you know, numbers wise, it looks good, but you know, for you yourself, it's not. And like, you want to build a business where you're able to enjoy it and then also become uh, bigger within your business and not so much have to continue to grind in the business. And that's the thing. I, the way I look at business now, like my main focus is scalability now. Like mm-hmm. what can I do to actually systemize the things I do? So from a coaching perspective, I've systemized like all the decisions that I would make with the client, right? Um, on nutrition or training. I've made that into a system that any coach I bring on can come in and learn the way I coach and, and pretty much start and understand that straight away. Mm-hmm. Cause that now saves me time. It makes them more money and it allows my top line to go up. It allows my time commitment to go down. Yeah. Right. And systemizing in any, in any action that you do in your business, if you can create a system around it um, or even just like an ethos, like a something you stand behind, this is how and why we do things. Not even just like, the basic stuff of like how to get a result, but how to create culture within your clientele, how to create that stickiness so people don't leave. Right. Yeah. If you systemize that, you're in a position where eventually you can get someone else to come in and do your role or one of the roles you do. Right. Yeah. I would rather now buy back time than like improve my top line. Yeah. And I think that, that was, you know, and that's another thing is like, for me, I was even in the last three years, like I was so, so bad with my time. And like, I look back and I'm like, I like, that's terrible how bad I was with my time. And like kind of hearing that from people. Cause you know, to me, when I hear business and I talk, I listen to people who talk about business and I talk to people. Um, a lot of it's just like the, you know, working for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And like, that's fine for a while. And like, it's necessary, you know, like you're not just going to work eight hours a day and have a successful business. Like eventually that's where you want to be. But like putting that time in that 12, 14, 16 hours should be smart. It should be uh, angled towards something. You shouldn't just be doing it just to do it. It should be like, what's the end goal? Where is it? How are you going to try to get there? And like, for me, I was just doing stuff just to do stuff with no goal in mind or no like end game. Um, no direction. Yeah, no direction. And like, you know, when you, when listening to, someone like yourself tell us about, you know, being at that end of like, you know, that's kind of where I thought was like, all right, if I get more clients and I get more sessions, I'll make more money and that'll be better. And then like hearing it firsthand, it's like, yeah, I was there. And like, that, that wasn't it. And it's like, okay, well then like, you know, how do you go about that? How do you change it? And like, for me, like I said, the time has been after I heard it from you and I've heard it from other people, but like, you know, 
the time is something that now I'm trying to manage. And I know one of the things that you told us early on was like, if you want a perfect schedule, then build your perfect schedule and like build it from yeah. there. And like, yeah, just and whatever you want your schedule to be, just have it that way from the beginning. And like, that'll be your schedule, you know? It allows like, and this is like, I think we're all guilty of this, any business owner, but there's a big difference between like busy and productive, yep. right? You know, you can be busy. You feel like, and you get to the end of the week, oh, I've had the worst week. It's so, so busy, yeah. right? And you're pulling your hair out stressed. And then you look back at your week and go, what have I actually done? Yeah. Nothing, right? And I've got nothing to show for my busyness. Yep. Um, if you can allow... Yeah, and we're not going to be productive 100% of the time. It's just like, it's unrealistic. And I think, you know, people need to understand this is a big thing as well. When people get into business, they very easily go on either end of the spectrum, right? They yeah. go to one extreme or the other. They are like all business or no business at all, yeah. right? And they forget about their, like their ability to be human. Yeah. And just actually enjoy time. And this is where building the perfect schedule. That's what I'm still doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, and, but it's so common, man, because it's like you, you get a little bit of momentum with like uh, some, some growth, right? Your business starts to grow. Yeah. So you think, okay, I'll double down on all the stuff that I'm doing. Allow, allow for no time of your like sanity and just actually being normal, right? Stepping like, out of the business because I feel like business people are always business people. Yeah. Right? They're, they're very much like the business hat is always on. Um, but I feel like, you know, coming back to building a perfect schedule, there should be times in your schedule. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm a big fan of scheduling, like planning yeah. out um, what you do throughout each week. Um, so putting yourself in a, like in a place where it's like, this is my time, right? Yeah. If, even if it's just like your time when it's your training, it's this, that's the other, it doesn't matter, but your time, put it in your schedule. And this is like where a lot of business owners, they, they put all the stuff like, calls they put all the contacts of clients they get all the check-ins they put that in their, their schedule but they don't put in time for them yeah get to the end of the week and they have none yeah and, yeah, and like know, even I'm for sure me everyone just, does it yeah and like i started so i just started reading this book uh organized tomorrow today mm -hmm. and uh i've been i've been it's one of probably my biggest flaws in like general and then in terms of business and uh is organizing and like planning um, and I, I've used journals and planners and things like that. And I just kind of get, you know, lost in it and a little bit overwhelmed. And recently I've kind of made this shift from this book, um, about prioritizing. And so I plan my day out and then I pick my top three things that I need to do that day. And then there's one must. So the first chapter of this book, um, is basically about prioritizing and you pick three things that need to happen that day. And then one thing that must happen no matter what. And this gets you in the idea of like prioritizing and understanding like, all right, what is the one thing that's got to happen that day? And what are the other three things that you want to do that day? And then everything else is just extra because what happens is, is people get and like important things, you know, not like take out the trash or like, you know, wake up or brush my teeth. Like, cause what happens is, is people will get these lists and they'll get these like checklists and they'll write, you know, like these little small tasks on there and they check off 10 of them, but they don't get the things that they need to get done finished yeah. and yeah. they just end up like doing a bunch of stuff but not really getting anywhere so that's where that getting busy but not actually being productive comes in and like for me yeah. i was that was part of what i was doing it wasn't like fully what i was doing but like i would make little lists of things that i needed to do and just check them off and then be like oh well i did it and like oh that was a productive day and then i wouldn't get anywhere and now i'm like okay you know biggest thing right now is working on specific things for the podcast working on specific things for my business um, having the like set goals and being like, what needs to get done today? Checking them off, like making sure getting my one main thing that I need to get done. And my days have been so much more productive 
while also giving myself way more time to just relax and like give myself way more time to like do what I want to do and enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. And like, you know, it takes time to realize that because I don't think, you know, someone can tell you that all you want, but unless you, until you put yourself in that position, you're not going to know, you know? And like, yeah, man. And it's I, just about I feel learning. like exactly right. I feel like there's so many ways that you can put yourself in the place of like scheduling and making this make sense for you. And like, I'll, I'll give you know, your listeners a little bit of an example of what I do. Um, scheduling for me never used to be fun. Right. So I, I, I was never like, give you a background. Like I was a bit of a delinquent. I it was a bit of a screw up as a kid and I kind of didn't really care about much. Right. Keeping a diary would have been the last thing I cared about. Right. Yep. But now, right. For me, I'm, I'm a very competitive person. Right. I come from like a bodybuilding background. I compete on stage. I like sports. I swam for years and years. I'm a very competitive person, like in like really ingrained into me. Right. So what yep. I've done is I've created something like, I use something called game theory when it comes to my scheduling, right? Or my week. So each thing in my, in my diary is, has an association to points, right? So there are, you know, five points on up for doing, you know, the business calls, five points for doing my client check-ins, five points, so on and so forth. Right now, let's say for the week, I need a hundred points to win, right? Let's, and there's maybe 115 points on offer for mm-hmm. the week. If I do everything, there's 115 points. So which means if I have one or two days where I don't absolutely crush everything, I don't tick off every task, right? I can still win my week, right? And if I win more weeks than I can, like win more weeks than I lose, I'll win the game. That's awesome. Right? So that's the way I see things like associate points to tasks, um, you know, tally up the total amount of points and then set the bar a little bit lower to win, like a small amount lower means that you don't need to win every day. You don't need to win every task, but you can still win the week. You can still make progress and you still can, can still be productive. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that idea. And like I said, I think that whatever way helps and whatever way gets you to, you know, get what you got to get done, but just also be productive at the same time is really important. And like I, like I said, I think it's just too common that people, they end up not understanding those little things and like using a point system like Reese does is if that gives you like, an actual kind of visual of like, all right, like I got this many points this week. So like, and obviously, you know, again, you want to shoot to be as perfect as possible and get as much done, but shit happens. Life happens. Things come up and like the fuck are you going to do? You know, you can't just like yeah. beat yourself up about it and just end up being like, you know, I didn't get all this done. And like, that's how I used to be is like when I didn't get something done, I'd be like, oh, I didn't get it done. And then like, I tried to make up for it. And then I tried to make up. And then for you wouldn't it, get the I, next 10 things done too. Yeah, Cause you'd be exactly. focusing on it too much. Yep. And then like for me, also in terms of prioritizing it's like you pick one thing to do and like you just get that done over time like over a specific period of time and for me i would like binge work on four things and i'd do like two hours of this and then like a couple hours of this and then like an hour of this and by the time i was done i was like oh, i don't really like whatever i'll do it again and then i wouldn't do it again for a couple of days instead of like you know now i've been uh setting like an hour aside for studying an hour aside for looking at the metrics an hour aside for making sure I'm looking at my programming for the week and looking at the things that people are doing. Um, so it's like, you know, it's just, it's crazy that like all of that ends up working so well when you just take the time to do those little, like that little 15 minutes at night saves you hours during the week and gives Absolutely. you, makes you way more money during the week. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's a big point, man. It's like, everything you do like in business, if you, if it's not leveraging either more time or more money at the end of the week, like what is it doing? 
Exactly. Yeah. Like they're the two things that you've got two things that you can leverage yep. your time or your money. Yeah. Right. And just don't get, and this is the thing, don't get stuck in the trap of time for money. Yep. Right. That's another, yeah. And this yep. is, and this is where like, you know, one-to-one personal trainers, like when they're in a brick and mortar, like environment, when they're in the place of the gym, they only get paid for the time that their clients, there, yep. working one-on-one. It's a, it's a bad place. It's not a bad place to be, but it's not a long-term scalable place to be. Yeah. And I think that, I think you kind of have to, to be a good trainer, you have to experience that and you have to have that. But like, you know, even for me, and this is why I was so heavy early on, on the online stuff. And this was, I started, so I started thriving like 2017 and um, I was heavy on the online stuff from then because I saw, I had a, you know, a business partner at the time and he was very against online and he had all his clients that he worked with in person. And, you know, I saw this firsthand. I watched him have 10 clients a day and get nothing else done, but be, you know, and not be able to raise their prices, not be able to take the time off. If he's not there, they don't get trained and he doesn't get paid. And I saw all this and I was like, I can't get myself in that position. Like I won't. And like, I tried not to. And like, that's why I was so heavy on the online stuff. And that's why I'm still, you know, so heavy on it because one, I think that a lot of people are very cap- more, more capable than they think. And right. also if, like from my end of things, it's like, you know, that you're limiting yourself so much in terms of like how many people you can help and then how you can help them because you can only help one person per hour. If you're personal training, you can only help them in that hour and that's it. And like, you don't, you know, that's all you get and that's all you get paid for. And a lot of times if you have clients that you work with for a long time, you know, if you're working with them for years, they, they get used to a certain price and it's really hard to raise that price for them. And then you get stuck within, you know, like, like I said, I had a, a client, a business partner who was, been working with people for five years and he was a really good trainer, but he was charging people like 50 bucks an hour. And I was like, dude, like that's not, I can't, like, I can't get stuck in that position. And like, um, you know, it's not like you're getting a less product with the online stuff. It's actually a, a, a freedom thing where you can do, you can work out when you want to work out. You can work out how you want to work out. You still get the eyes of a trainer and you still get the programming and you still get the nutritional guidance and you still get the feedback. And like, all of that, but I could do that for five people in an hour as opposed to just one person in an hour. And from a right, man, I think, I think we actually speaking for myself, at least I actually get more out of people online than I do on one-on-one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, like, I guess I yeah. can get more results. I can get someone a better result working with them online because it means they have to start taking ownership of their own goal. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not just putting the, putting the blame on the trainer. Like if someone's seeing someone like, I've, look, I've never done this. I've never worked with someone more than probably twice a week individually. But if you know, there are trainers that see their clients, you know, let's say four days a week, right? The same client four days a week, like very, very heavily. It's a very heavy responsibility to make sure this client progresses. And where, exa- for example, if it's four times a week, that's like maybe four hours. Maybe even some people that are running smaller sessions, like maybe even only two hours over their week. There's however many hours out for the rest of the week where this client is just either eating what they want, screwing up, doing yep. whatever they need to or not need to. And yeah, they still want to put the blame on the trainer. Yeah. Being online disallows that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to take the responsibility and accountability. It's true. Um, speaking of all this online stuff. So obviously last couple months, and this is the biggest reason that I did it uh, was because of coronavirus and like all this stuff that's basically changed the way that coaches handle this stuff and gyms handle business and how everybody kind of treats this. Um, 
you know, what's been your biggest takeaway from this in terms of fitness and in terms of business? And then, you know, kind of just circling back to everything we just talked about, you know, how has this allowed you to kind of, uh, grow? Because, you know, I know for sure, I never thought I would gain more clients coming into this, you know, like, and I don't think a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of people have struggled. And I know a lot of gyms have struggled because they're either not willing to adjust or adapt, or they just don't know how. Um, and you know, I know that, you know, you and Kyle have grown, I've grown in this and I've made more money. So like, you know, what are kind of your tips and your biggest takeaways in terms of fitness and business and staying solid during this? I don't, I actually think Corona has been the best thing that could have ever happened to the fitness industry. I think it's the best right, thing that I, ever like, happened to me, to be honest. <laughs> I like, I honestly, I think this is sounds really backwards and I know this sounds quite harsh, but there are a lot of businesses struggling, but they're yeah. struggling for a reason. They're struggling because they didn't have their, like all their plates like spinning. They didn't have everything lined up to actually tackle this. And one thing that we say all the time, right, is if you just put, if you had to put $50 a week away, right, five years ago, for the last five years, right, what would you be left with, right? Now, I'm shocking at math. Let me just quick, quick math this, right? But $50 a week times 52, right, we've got $2,600. If we did that five years ago, right, you'd have 13 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 13 grand, it's not, it's not a lot of money, but for all these businesses that are failing, that are going through the struggles of, you know, Corona that has pretty much broken their business. If they had have just learned how to manage their cash flow five years ago, 13 grand would have gone a long, long way. Yeah. Right. Now, if it's, I kind of look at this and go, all right, the, why I say Corona has done a good thing for the fitness industry. It's done two things. One, it's made the businesses that weren't in it for the long run, get out right? The people that are failing in this position in this time have either realized this isn't for them. They can't sustain it or they don't have the, you know, the tenacity to actually manage business, right? Which has created more market share for the people that do. Yeah. Right. So if your business is still here, um, post Corona, there are probably, there's probably 200% increase of clientele on offer. Yeah. Right. Secondly, I think the people that um, were on the on the fence of whether they could manage business or they couldn't. This is going to be the thing. This like, this is the thing that's pushed them to really drive business. Yeah. Like, if we use you for example, right? You've grown throughout Corona. You've you've made some decisions. You've pivoted, but you yeah. wouldn't have done that unless you were forced to. Yeah, and I, like I said, it gave me a chance. You know, you think about this stuff, and like, once you're put in a position where you have to think about it, then you have to think about it, and you have to make that decision, and you have to make it. Uh, justly and you have to make sure that it's, it's a decision that you're capable of making and then you, you go. And that's why, you know, like I said, once that, once it came, I was like, I had to make that decision and I joined up with you guys. And once I kind of joined up with you guys, it really made that decision a little bit easier for me because I was, you know, I, I have confidence in myself, but it's, it's tough. And, you know, going into a virus, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, how is that even possible to get more people in a virus? And like, or anything like this, cause we'd never seen anything like this. And then yeah. like kind of just going into it, it was, and like after the first few weeks, it was just like upward. It was just like a constant yeah. trend upward. And look, I think the take home points, man, I think Corona has done a lot of, a lot of bad, but it's also done a lot of good. It's pushed a lot of people to actually look at the finer details, you know, the nuances of their business and understand what actually makes them move forward and what's moving them backwards and so on. Now, you know, you might have a few people like listening that, maybe they're still on the fence. Maybe their business is like, they don't know whether it will survive. They don't know whether they're going to, you know, 
kind of throw in the towel or they're going to really like battle, like batten up the hatches and let's go. Right. You know, lace up the boots and yeah. you know, final, final, final quarter. And we're just going for it. Right. I think the things that if you are in that position, if you're in the position where you're not sure your business is going to survive, there are a few things you need to do. You need to look at understanding cash flow. Um, you need to, you need to know your numbers. You need to really know the intricate details of your business, like the back of your hand. Um, so understanding like what your revenue is, what your your capital is, what your turnover, where you're spending your money, and so on. Right, manage your cash flow because if we come back to that fifty dollar a week example, if you can save yourself fifty dollars a week now, just by changing a few things that you do, right? Guess what? It's on a five year turnaround on average. Right, we look over the last year, over the, sorry, the over the history. Every five years, there's some sort of financial, you know, decline. Yeah. Right. Might it's not as big as this, obviously, but in five years' time, if you can save yourself fifty dollars a week for the next five years, you're going to be in a better position. Next time something like this happens, yeah. right? So managing cash flow is number one. Number two is managing like your decision making process. So intelligence. You need to have intelligence in your business. So you need to look at, you know, what you're actually doing, what's working and what's not, and allow you you need to make decisions in the moment as soon as they aren't working or as soon as they are right and lastly it comes back to what we spoke about originally you need to understand your brand you need to understand how to talk to your clientele you need to understand your message um and if you can nail your message now you can grow a lot right now if i use the example here like oh, oh man i'll use myself as an example right corona hit i was actually in fiji i was overseas and uh we actually had to cut our uh, trip short we came home and then the first thing that I saw when we got home on the news, I, I kind of had expected things are going to get a bit rough, but I didn't expect, I was very optimistic. I was like, uh, this is just going to blow over. Yeah. Right. First thing I saw on the news when I got home, probably the day after gyms will be closing, right. For the, you know, minimum six weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the time I had just gone back into one-on-one training. I, like I thought, okay, I'm going to go back into the gym for six months. Just, Pretty much, we just pre, um, brought on a new coach with Lionstone, and I was going to not leverage my time in the gym to fill me. I was going to leverage my time in there to fill him online. So I was yeah. just pretty much going to shuttle any lead that I got to him online, right? And I was like, "Fuck, this whole plan has just gone out the window, right?" Um, I just locked into a contract. I was like, "What? What the hell? What am yeah. I going to do?" And there was there were there were probably two hours. Right. I, I had my freak out. Right. I, mm. I'm not like, you know, excluded from you know, the, the worries of a normal business owner. Like, you know, yes, my business is successful. It turns over quite a lot, but I had my freak out. There were a two hour period where I was sitting there with my partner. I was like, this is just ridiculous. What do we even do? Fitness industry is going to be broken. Our clients can't train in a gym. What do we do? Yeah. But then it just comes down to, I went, I kind of shook it off, look at my numbers and go, all right, what do we do now? Let's look at our message. How can we change this? How can we, one, service all the current clients we have? Now that they can't go to a gym, we need to make sure that, yeah, home programming, it's cool, stick it off. We, like, I'm not here to discuss my opinion on home programming, yeah. right? But we needed to go, what can we do to create more culture, more stickiness, and allow our clients to feel safe in a time where there isn't a lot of safety? Yeah. Right? Um, so when what I created then was like a, a system of just, you know, it was an accountability program, right? Instead of looking at like um, physical change to be like a six week challenge, I did a six week quote unquote challenge on just accountability. So there were tasks they, they had to do each week. I applied that game theory of my scheduling to their lives 
and gave them more things to tick off each week that they got points for, made it a bit of a competition to who was more accountable. Yeah. Right. We used that as our first pivot. And then the only way I, I was able to make that decision though, is because I looked at our numbers. I looked at like what's worked in the past for our growth and culture has driven, driven a lot of our, our growth. Right. Yeah. And if we rewind, you know, I think this all started here in Australia, kicked off really bad back end of March, right. From March to now, Lionstone has pulled on 62 clients. Damn. That's right. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and we, we kind of cater from, you know, bodybuilding prep all the way through to just general fat loss. And why that's happened is because we've been able to really nail our message, not just with social media, but with our current clients, we've been able to actually allow them to you know, sell our brand for us. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I didn't know it was that much. That's, that's crazy. Um, have you seen anything in terms of like, as the, um, I guess the amount of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, so has the change been something that you've seen a lot of people struggle with in terms of it, or has it been something that's been, you know, because of the changes you made pretty smooth or is it has, you know, what's the thing as far like as my, as far as the clientele within the business? Yeah. They've looked, they, they've had their moments. I feel like a lot of our clientele, I would say maybe 80% are the, the higher end of like, you know, they really are passionate about training. They yeah. really want to pay attention to the details and, you know, really kind of go up to another level, whether it be competition, photo shoot or so on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys had, fr- they freaked out a lot, right. Mm-hmm. You know, taking the gym away from them was a, a very big, you know, what the fuck moment. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's like anything, you know, if you can, if you can steer the ship from the front, you can lead from the front and go, well, I'm not worried. You shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. And this is the thing where it comes back to come back to business. If you can, if you can take charge of your business and lead from the front and go, well, you know, I'm not worried. You shouldn't be either. Right. If I start to worry, then okay, cool. Worry. Same goes for like, if you're getting a client, a result when someone says it's not working and this, that, okay, that's fine. I've got an answer. This is why I'm not worried about this. You shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Right, so I can't. I've set the tone with within the, the business of Lionstone. Our clients really resonate, and we kind of we are very open with how we feel within our private groups. And you know, myself and the other coaches, we are very quick to take the charge on when things happen. Like when there's a new announcement of lockdown. So Australia now, or Melbourne at least, is in stage four, so we can only leave our house one hour at a time. Um, really? Yeah. So you know that that got announced probably three four weeks ago. Um, if not, if you're out of the house for more than an hour, you get fined. If you're not wearing a mask in public, when you're out for that hour, you get fined. You can, only one person can go to the, um, the store at like at one time from any household. You can't shop in couples. You can't do anything like that. Um, the only things that are open are grocery stores. Okay. So uh, there's nothing else open. You can't go anywhere. Um, so it's when that got announced, there was a big, well, now I can't do my, all of my steps. Now I can't do this. Like, okay, it's fine. We'll adapt. We'll move on. Um, I Look, I think the, the overall response initially, as everyone would, is emotional, right? But my job and the coaches that we have working with us, our, our job is to just offer that um, that logical thought process, right? Try and remove emotion and let's just be logical. What do we do? Yeah. And I think that comes like in that, bring that back to business, you know, logic is always going to outweigh emotion. If you could like emotion is the thing that causes the overwhelm and the overwhelm is the cause is the thing that 
allows you to just keep turning around in circles and chasing your tail. Whereas if you can just catch yourself in that moment, remove emotion and make a logical decision, you're going to make yourself some time and money. Yeah, no, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's true. How do you, how do you see like based on all this stuff and, and, you know, like obviously, you know, you guys are in stage four, but like there's, I don't know, like some states here are open. Some states in the U S aren't open. And like, I know up here, the gyms are supposed to open tomorrow. Um, and then, but they're only going to be at like 33% capacity and there's all these rules, but then there's like Florida, uh, and like Texas, like all the gyms there are opened and they've been open for like a couple months now. Um, you know, how do you see the, the industry changing and how do you see, um, you know, people training changing because they've done a couple study like, studies and questionnaires and things like that. And I've seen a couple different things thrown around, but like more than half people are saying they're not going to go back soon. Um, at least. And like, if they do ever, and obviously, you know, with that Peloton is a huge business that boomed during this, uh, people Mm -hmm. like that who are, I I know I myself invested a ton of money in equipment for my house because of things that went on, but like other people are investing a lot of money in home gyms. Do you see this something that's sticking or do you see this as something that's just a little temporary thing until people feel safe enough to get back. I think those that have spent the money, like I think this one thing that this shows us, right. And this is where like online is super powerful, especially now mm-hmm. because like you look at the world now, they're not going to, you're right. There's going to be a lot of people that are scared and they're not going to want to leave their home. And you know, it's, it's forced the fitness industry to become digital, to do, yeah. to become digital right? We, we have been forced into a place where if you didn't do online before you sure as shit are now. Yeah. Right. But I think the one thing that this has shown the industry, or at least me, a lot of people are sitting there going like, Oh, this is going to mean I don't, I can't get clients because everyone's gone and bought home gym stuff. Right. I don't know about over there, but here at least all the stores were, were sold out of fitness equipment within maybe three days. Yeah. Right. Even, even ordering online, it's like, you've got a pre-order now. Everything's yeah. taken. That's crazy. What that, right? me, <laughs> what that shows me is there are way more people than you ever thought that actually care about your, their fitness and their training. Mm-hmm. Right. So what that tells me is there's way more people that don't know how to tra- be trained or how to get a result even more so now that they just have what's, what they have access to in their gym. Yeah. No, and I, that's how I feel. And like, you know, over here, it's crazy trying to find equipment and like the ones who do have equipment and obviously, you know, I don't know how it is. I don't know how the resale market is over there, but like over here it's, it's crazy. And like people charge like two, three, four dollars a pound for stuff. And it's just like, it's ridiculous. So like seeing people invest that type of money into it makes me feel that like it's not going to go away anytime soon. And if it does, it's going to be something that like is going to be a, a tough push. Cause I know, you know, and for me personally, like I, I, I always thought, and I don't know if you've ever, like, do you work out at home usually, or do you have like, access to a gym? Uh, at the moment, I'm training at home. It's oh, yeah. Not- so, like, you know, I I've I enjoy having all the equipment at home. It's like I just come downstairs, I go into the garage, I get it done, and I have so much more time. There's no driving time. There's no, you know, the travel time's taken out of it. There's no time wasted at the gym. It's just kind of like I go downstairs, I get what I need to get done, I work out for about an hour, hour and a half, and then, like, that's it. I come back upstairs, and that's it. Um, I think, um, I think it's like when gyms do open to full capacity, I think it's actually going to be a pretty cool place to be because it's going to, the people that at least that I'm talking to, right. And I'm one of them, right. I'm counting down for gyms to open. I, I hate training at home. Yeah. Right. 
I personally, I just like, I don't have the motivation. I don't have the drive. I'm not like consistent. There's too much shit going on. Like yeah. I just don't like it. Right. So I think when gyms open to full capacity, if you are, if you're a trainer that works in a gym and you want really serious clients, you should be there on day one when shit opens because yeah. the people that come in on day one are going to be the most serious people you ever see. Yeah, no, it's true. And like I said, you know, I think that there's a certain type of you, well, you just said there's a certain type of person, but I also think that there's a certain type of person that like, you know, as you get back in, like the 33% is just like, it's, it's tough. And like, there's going to be, you're, you're, like you said, there's going to be the people that actually want to be there because it, they're going to do everything in their power to not want you to be there. Not like on purpose, but like mm-hmm. you have to wear a mask. You are probably only gonna have to be there for a certain amount of time. And like, you can't, yep. you know, you, you're going to have to rush or go through a workout that you would normally take like two hours. You're going to have to do in like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but also that, like you said, that opens the door because I think a lot of those people, one, um, either can't handle their own fitness because they don't know how, or two, at that point, they're not going to want to, and they're going to want to, you know, give it to somebody else and give the reins to somebody else. And I also think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of injury coming back. Like there's going to be a lot yeah. of people who load up 315 on the bar and they're like, oh, let's go for their max on the first day back. Yeah. Let's see. And like, sure. um, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to need that guidance and need that structure and need the, stuff that we're the best at. And I think, you know, that's where we're going to be able to step in and kind of take that next step and grow your, my business personally, your business and everybody else's. Um, I think as well though, like as a business owner, I I really would heavily um, suggest against just waiting for those gyms to open. Right. Like I feel like a lot of people in business now are just playing the victim playing and just playing the waiting game. Like our things will get better when, this happens or, yeah. you know, I'll be able to be busy when it's like, no, like let's take some charge of your own business and get busy now, like get productive now. Right. Um, cause I feel like there's a lot of trainers, especially that I speak to, um, not within the mastery, but more so just like on like a personal level that I'm friends with that are, you know, their businesses have completely flopped and they're yeah. just relying on like government, um, payments to, to help them out with like, so we've got like a, a job keeper or sorry, a job, yeah, job keeper payment here. So essentially it's like those that have been impacted by coronavirus have been, it's just like a supplement fund, right? Yeah. We got a, a unemployment over here. Yeah. So it's, you know, all the people that have subcontractors or all the people that are independent business owners that are just waiting for stuff to quote unquote become normal. Right. And they're just going to live off this government payment until things are normal. It's like, I feel like that's just a really defeatist attitude and you Couldn't don't run a me. business. <laughs> yeah. Like those, those people, I don't feel like a business owners. I feel like you're just a service provider. Right. And that, yeah, that's and like, the big difference. That's yeah. the big difference. Well, I was, I was going to say, you know, for, I remember when quarantine first started over here and we implemented, uh, the $600 extra payment on top of the monthly or the weekly payment that happened. So like essentially everyone here got their, uh, it was like up to 50% of their weekly pay plus $600. So there was people over here that were like doubling what they normally make. And there was people that were making like 11, 12, $1,300 a week. And yep. I, you know, I didn't cause I had the gym, but like, you know, it, it could have very well, it could have very well been like, Oh, I'm just going to not work. I'll just take that. But for me, you know, I personally don't want to be a part of it because like, in my opinion, they're going to get their money back somehow. But yeah, on top of that, no such thing as a free lunch, man. Yeah. No way. So like, um, and also it's like, I want to earn it, you know? And I think that this was a cool time to like be pushed and almost be forced to, you know, do that. And like, 
I went in the opposite direction. As soon as this happened, I invested money and I like invested money in people and, and learning and pushing myself and pushing my business. And like, for me, I'm excited to see what happens because I think I've positioned myself well. And I think that the people I've worked with have positioned themselves very well to like see this out on the other end and be on the, the very front end instead of those who are like, yeah, I'll just take the money for right now. And then they're going to come back and be left in the dust because there's not going to be anything to, you know, there's not going to, you can't just come back and you're going to be competing with everybody else who hasn't been doing anything, you know? Yeah. So like, uh, look, man, I'll put it, give you some perspective and it would pro it would be, it, I would probably guarantee I'd bet it actually that it would be worse in America just because of volume and population. Yeah. But in, I think the last, you know, I think it was about two weeks ago, it was released by, you know, the fitness governing body here in Australia that 60% of businesses would fail with without one month of the job keeper payments. Yeah. Right. So 60%, right. And that's, so that one month is like $3,000, right. Yeah. Right. So 60% of businesses would go out of business without $3,000 that bring perspective, right? So 60% of a, yeah, your population is what double hours, probably more, way more. Yeah. Right. We're looking at like a large portion of people. And if we look at how many personal trainers are there in, in around your state heaps, right. Yeah many are doing well probably you know a select few yeah it's like this is it's an amazing stat man it's, and it's it's sad that our industry is so it's on its knees begging for some help and you know that help i feel like is it's right in front of people like if you just measure your business actually look and understand your business because this is the thing you you talk to a business owner that's a personal trainer right they as i said they just view themselves as a service provider they don't yeah. really see themselves as a business if you ask them like well, what was your annual turnover? What was your, you know, uh, profit? What was your profit margin? Like no one can tell you their profit margin. Yeah. Right. They just go, I made this much. Well, what, how much was that was profit? How much did you spend? Like understanding that alone allows you to actually paint an accurate picture of where you are in business. Yeah. Because if, if you don't know that you're just kind of going, yeah, I'm doing well, I'm doing good. But Okay, why is your why is your bank account looking the exact same? Yeah. Why are you investing way more time? Yeah. Something's got to give. Yeah, and you know, it's I, I think those are some of the things that um, are just that crucial, and it, it takes time to realize it. But I think it's also too easy nowadays to just put entrepreneur, or like business owner, in your uh, you know your Instagram bio and just kind of say what it is until. <laughs> yeah. and there's no, and that's the thing, and like for, I've heard this from a couple people, and like. A personal trainer is another thing because, you know, it's, it's very hard to tell a good trainer right away or tell a good or bad trainer right away. I mean, obviously a trainer could know, like if you or I go and talk to somebody, it's going to be a clear, like, okay, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about or he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but for the average person, um, you know, it's going to take a while because everyone can use the same language. There's no like checker. There's no, you can fake it till you make it very and, easily. Yeah. And like, and if you're good enough at faking it and then like getting those amount of people in there, it doesn't matter. And you can just fill it out until you make enough money where you can either move on to the next thing or you just step up that faking it until like, you know, um, but like you said, without those metrics and without those tracking, without understanding, like, are you profitable? And like, that took me a long time to realize where I was just like, Oh, I made money. Like that's extra money that I can spend. And it's like, no, not yeah. at all. How much did you spend that week? How much, you know, did you actually spend and how much was of that was new money? How much of it was old money? Like how much are you making 
per week and like looking at that and seeing it from a monthly perspective and then breaking down weekly is like, it's eye opening. And then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I'm actually not making money at all. Like that's not, I'm losing money weekly. And like, um, you know, looking at that is just, it's crucial because then you start to make those decisions better. Um, but you know, uh, let's, I guess let's tell them where they can find you. Um, and then, you know, about the business stuff and we can kind of go from there. So, uh, look, personally, you can find me at Lionstone Physique Coaching. Sorry, Lionstone Physiques on Insta. Um, but if you're looking for any um, business stuff, Elite Vitality Mastery is uh, our Instagram. And we're launching our next run of Steel on the Walls starts next week. So, Steel on the Walls is a an intensive course where we teach cash flow, we teach branding, and we teach intelligence. It's not the sexy stuff of like science and understanding a coaching, how to coach people. It's how to understand business and how to actually um, be in a defensive position for when shit goes wrong. So, uh, that launches next week, um, on the 31st, uh, and we're still taking people in for that six week course. It's taught live. Uh, and there's two lectures a week. Yeah, I, I did that. It was a great course. Um, it's definitely worth giving that a shot. And if you guys need more information on that, I can definitely give it to you. Um, I'll put all of Reese's stuff below and you guys can find it. Um, but I appreciate you coming on Reese. A lot of good information. Um, you know, anything else you want to say about like your stuff or anything like that? No, man, I'm, I'm all good, bro. That's, cool. that's me. Right. Awesome. Vitality mastery is if you're, if you have any business stuff. Awesome. Cool. All right. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. I will see you guys next time. Peace.